0: All right, hey, hey, hey. Sunday morning, 7:36, and we're uh, August. What are we? August 18th, and uh, 83 degrees. It looks like right now. It's going to warm up. In the next hit, 86. Humidity's 32, and I'm not in a position to do a dew pointer yet for you, because I'm just getting Bud's um, harness on. Hey, Bud. So, moody man. I'm in a I'm in a pretty good mood today. So I I guess I should kick off the uh the podcast with Hey, what kind of mood are you? <laughs> and I guess I'm in a pretty good mood. I don't know why. Circumstances have not changed. But what has changed? I guess is reading a book or thinking or doing stuff, does that change circumstances? I guess it does deep philosophical thought there so i said 83 degrees fahrenheit at 32 percent just to be consistent 83 and 32 and we got a 50 percent dew point which eh, it's a little lower I like it i like it lower I like 40s but will take 50 and um so what's happening i'm walking it up so, yeah, what book did I read? I read a book called uh, The Science of Selling, right? The Science of Selling. So, selling, um, there was, I, I read like 60, 70% of the book a couple of weeks ago. And then I finished it and uh, last night. And there was something that jumped out at me was that... Uh, Obviously, the, the writer's talking about the science of selling and things like that, and he said, well, why do people not really talk about selling much? And it is kind of curious. I mean, I kind of, I grew up in the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, early 2000s, and selling has always kind of had a, I don't know, a negative connotation to it. Like, oh, just a salesman. He's just a, sa- oh, yeah, he's just a salesman, right? No, <laughs> Nobody ever says... Oh, they're they're just a marketer, oh, they're just a marketer, man. But salesmen get a bad rap, and I don't even know if I am a salesman, and and yet, at the other hand, I'd say, hey, we're all salesmen, right? Every one of us is selling something, but we we kind of maybe that has something to do with the the um, um, negativity or whatever. I don't, I don't know. It's like we're, we really are all selling something, and then, so then you get into the, the science of or, or terminology or what, what's the difference between marketing and selling. So I mean, it, it sounds easy. Like most early on, I would probably think like, well, there's not much difference between marketing and selling, is there? And and I'm I don't know, maybe this I'll have to look at it some more. But my getting my gut feeling is that really marketing is uh, is getting people in the funnel. Okay. So you want to get people in the funnel. So they have this, I'm an engineer. So these terms don't resonate with me. Like I don't like just, I don't fall in love with them. Like people just love talking about funnels. Oh yeah. Funnels, funnels, so click funnels, click funnels, you know, get people to click on something and all of a sudden they're in your funnel, you know. And, and so over the last couple of years, I've been I don't know, maybe it's more like 14 months or so, getting more and more enamored with marketing. So, yeah, and, and a lot of it has to do with writing a book and I have this book idea or message and so forth. And, you know, and, and, and I can tell my mentality as a habit in my life is, oh, I'm just brilliant. I'm I'm just effing brilliant. So people should just listen to what I say, you know? <laughs> and and just you know, listen to what I have to say. And I'm, I'm brilliant, I'm effing brilliant. But it's like uh, some of the marketing terms are like getting a micro-commitment. So this is where it starts to get to be more like a sales thing. If you're, as soon as you start saying like get a micro-commitment, I think it's going into the sales process, right? So people love to throw these terms out there and I don't really see them well-defined. So I have to study up on it some more. But um, from this book, the science of selling is more about, like, how buyers think, what are they thinking about, and so forth, engage. So, and I and I guess marketing can lead people to what they're thinking and, and so forth, but you still have to close the sale, right? And so, like, you know, the, the, the famous sales movies like Glengarry and Glenn Ross are, like, the ABCs of of selling or like always be closing, you know, always close, close, close. And, you know, that rubs people the wrong way. It rubs me anyways the wrong way. And because it's, it's comes point of view of the salesman's point of view is like, yeah, I want to sell and close a deal. And as a buyer, it comes across like, well, you don't care about me or having any kind of relationship with me. You just want to close the sale. You just want to go ka-ching, you get your commission, right? So there's this science of selling book. I think it's a, whole and he's got research and and different stories in there and um this isn't really a book review as far as the technical comments in the book but it's definitely a book worth me revisiting and studying a bit more um and i will do that and i'm at the gate right now so i gotta do that okay the gate's open here we are and it's a sunday morning i'm in a fairly good mood i'm upbeat and uh, you know this and that and uh so science is selling uh one of the myths is like extroverts are um you know of course extrovert would be a good salesperson right that's gregarious you know they're so gregarious f, f and a man they're so f and a gregarious but Deep down, I think we all know that there's, you know, we, well, if we see that over-the-top kind of extroverted gregariousness in a selling situation, it's like, well, wow, that's uh, this person's really excited about something that I don't even know if I'm interested in that. So it, that's coming at it from the the buyer's perspective and getting that. Well, what are they interested in? So that that's where the marketing and this ask method comes in and makes sense as you're asking people what they want, and so you can better sell and better serve your customers. So I get that. Let's get that. But I'm not. Where does the where does the uh, marketing and selling change? And maybe it's not a clear clear cut case of you know. The customer's experience is marketing, 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 and now we're in the sales process. Now we're um, exploring needs and negotiating and decisions and these kind of things. So yeah, so there's there's an overlap between marketing and sales. I'm not sure exactly where it is, but really marketing doesn't do the selling, doesn't do the the closure. So I mean, if the two groups, like if there's like we're in the sales group and we're in the marketing group, you know, probably they, and since the groups overlap, you know, there's probably some, the the selling people probably want to move up the funnel and say, well, no, no, I'm engaged now, you know. You guys in marketing, you can back off. I got this. <laughs> and, and then the marketing people are like, Oh, no, 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 no. You, you salespeople, you guys think you know everything, so you know, we, we're we not turning this over to you until um, they've received a contract and you just have to get them to sign it, you know. So all you do is do the closing, you know. So sale, you know, so, so probably, maybe there is probably some of that, right? Some overlap where territorial group, and probably the, the best situation is when the marketing and salespeople work hand in hand closely and respect each other's swim lane, even though there are no swim lanes technically. That analogy breaks down. But you got the marketing people in their swim lane doing their thing, you know, and then the salespeople in their swim lane doing their thing. But um, yeah, so customer experience. So I, you know, I don't know. This I don't have the answer. I don't know, maybe, maybe there's a clean-cut Harvard, MBA, Stanford, MBA, genius, London School of Economics answer to where does marketing end and sales begin. And I, I'm guessing that I'm probably 90% accurate. But then again, I'm probably 60 maybe I'll only be 10% accurate. So somewhere between 10% and 90% accurate is, uh, is the exact answer, but I think they bleed over. Marketing and sales—they're bleeding over each other because you want to get people in the funnel, right? So that most of the traditional top of the funnel marketing is get people in, and then who's going to qualify the leads—the Glengarry leads? Got to qualify the leads. Of course, in Glengarry, Glen Ross, you have two sets of leads. You have the regular leads. Oh, and then you've got the special Glengarry leads. So if you got to, you got to do well with you got to do well with the basic leads, but then if you do well with them, then we're going to give you the Glengarry leads, the special. They they give they don't talk about it, but it's probably it gives the impression that these are like qualified leads, the leads where you know it's going to be easy to sell or something, right? So that's the movie, Glengarry Glen Ross. And Bud wants to go a different way, so I'll I'll go with Bud. I'm flexible. Bud's going to take a little different path today. So um, training the brain, training. Oh, there's a rabbit. That's why he wanted to come and see this rabbit. Rabbit in the grass, Bud. He was interested in the rabbit. How can we apply that to marketing and sales? That rabbit is at the top of the funnel. But Bud's not, he's not going to get that rabbit to the bottom of the funnel, are you, Bud? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That rabbit is not going to get to the bottom of the funnel. So that's like a quick decision. Bud, I, I've looked at it for you, but he's, Bud's still interested. He still thinks someday, someday Bud's going to get that rabbit to the bottom of the funnel, even though he's on a leash. So there's your sales analogy, marketing funnel talk. Funnel talk. Maybe, maybe that could be a podcast funnel talk and uh, just like uh, total transparency I get frustrated with the funnel talk because I'm, I'm all about personal stuff you know personal relationships you know and just throwing a bunch of people in the top of the funnel to me it's, is uh, impersonal but I guess on the other hand you might as well get uh a thousand people in the top of the funnel because um not everyone's gonna resonate with your message. So gotta get the numbers. It's a numbers game. That's the other expression. It's just it's just a numbers game. <laughs> and uh that also disturbs me too, because like what? Am I just a number? Are we just numbers out here? And so I guess this comes down to connection and things and value. So I don't know if my this person I engaged with a couple of years ago on this writing project is listening or not. But that, I'm, I get a lot of this thinking is triggered by different marketing things and selling and messaging and books and things. So It's all good. So I, I have... On the one hand, I think I'm a difficult client for writing. But on the other hand, i got to go with my other thing, is you got to let ideas marinate a bit. You can't just force them out. And I'm getting closer. They've been marinating for a while. The idea is starting to gel. Clarity, at one point, several months ago, oh, you're getting clarity, that's great, you're getting clarity. And clarity, to me, is starting to be... um, that point where the message is about transformation right so transform the reader and it is quite literally transformation too so there's a little duality a little fine tuning of the language <clears throat> and uh, I can see that now that no one wants to read my bitches and complaints or my observations about stupid things because it just it's, at first you gotta it, t- it just takes too long I don't know, they're, they're anecdotal stories of of things that aren't right. And people are more interested in, well, how do we make things right? How do we improve things? So, yeah, it takes a while. It takes a while to marinate. Marinating. So, I'm marinating. And And good ideas take a while to pry to marry it. So there shouldn't be a rush. Especially in the arts, right? Am I doing an art? <laughs> or am I? The art of business? The business of art? There you go. The art of business and the business of art. I don't know. That's interesting. How does that go? I mean, there are people like artists real hardcore painting and musicians that are in the arts and they're reframing it into how can they use their talents in the arts to help people so and people have already made that transition and that's great i'm not there yet so So i'm in my head a lot that's me so, getting out of my head in the selling science is taking the customer's viewpoint. And again, that's in writing a book too. People that buy your book are customers. So, what transformation are they offering? So, this selling book, for example, The Science of Selling, I uh, was interested in, well, science and selling. And the two are going, you know, how does this guy bring the two together? So it's transforming my thinking on selling and it's transferring, transforming my thinking on writing because it's coming from the customer. What does the customer want to do? Now, people, another thing too, is we hear messages over and over again. There's other brain science, like someone has to hear something seven times before they decide, which I'm a real impatient person and I'm like, well, why? Why, why? shouldn't... Shouldn't somebody just hear once, and then they just get it? And uh, that's because I'm kind of hyper-responsive is the term that these marketers use. And um, building their community of whether it's community of writers, community of communicators, community of speakers, community of leaders, right? And um, and I sarcastically said leaders because i don't like to be led, and I resist authority, so that's me, so I just have a naturally like oh yeah okay, leadership you know and uh, there is some of that, but basically leadership again is is getting others to follow your plan, and I'm such an individualist that uh, i'm not a, fo- a good I'm not a really good follower, I suck at following. <laughs> I, just, I just resist, process, resist stuff. And for the one listener that might be listening from the writing, is the only thing I listen to is pomodoros. So I, I keep going back to, hey, what's the best thing that helped you write? Pomodoros. What is it? It's a process. You turn the, you turn the clock on and you set it for 25 minutes and you just write like a madman for 25 minutes. And and do almost like free writing. Sometimes you do free writing. And again, I I don't know the terms. I'm just throwing out terms like free writing. Like I know exactly what it is. I know what that is because I do that very well, free writing. What I don't do well is, what's what would the structured writing maybe? I'm trying to think of what a a good term is for taking all that free writing, which I've done in the first draft. And now, I guess it's developmental editing, and I need that, and I got some of that, and I see it, and I read through it painfully, and what I realized was all these stories and crap that no one gives a crap about, really, just like I read this bite, like this this uh, science of selling thing. I read that, but there was no, there was very little personal like dramas and crap about what's wrong with the current way of selling and why they're doing it wrong they're selling wrong you know there's a little bit of that but it's very subtle and most of it is on well how do we make it better so how do we make how should we be selling and the selling statistics are terrible but I wonder if it, you know it's safer to be an engineer and just like yeah I got a job over here at this big company and I'm, I'm designing this thing and I'm just happy to do it and you're in this group you know and You just go on and on designing designing something knowing more and more details about uh, more specific and more specific stuff which if that is in need then great but the field of selling apparently is like wide open and there's lots of reasons for it Um, because if it's a low cost of hiring someone to sell then you can you can hire um, two people a month for three months, that's six people. You really only want three, right, let's say, for the long term. But hire two every month for three months. And after the end of six months, go, okay, you know, account for how much time someone's had in the job, enroll. And, and then you look back and go, okay, well, these people are thriving in this situation. And um, so they should stay. And these other three should go because they just aren't they just don't seem to get it and so the cost of hiring those three extra three people for a short period of time to find out which of the six are great you know you can you can manage that and that can be a cost now i'm more of a i don't like that situation because i'm more of a strategic thinker and i think the selling process is more complex than just throw people in there and see who who swims because uh, <laughs> maybe the idea of what you're selling sucks, you know. So, like, maybe if you tweak the product, tweak the service, come up with an idea. Maybe those other three would be better at selling that. So, I mean, I'm taking my fictitious situation to the, to the end of the story would be a company XYZ thinks they should be able to sell this. So then they hire these six people over three months. Six months later, they look and they say, okay, well, employee one, two, and three, they sold the most, they obviously figured out, they're the best, so I'll get rid of those other three people. And the problem I see with that is, because I'm like, well, what if those other three people were thinking like, you know, if we change the product this way or the service and offer it this way, more people would be interested in it. So yeah, I know the first six months those three people didn't sell as much, but maybe one of them has an idea that would change the product offering and service. And so if you follow that, they may sell in the next six months, if you let them try their idea out, they might sell twice as much as what those three people did in the six months. You know? So what, I'm, what I wanna get across is it's like a dynamic, business is dynamic, the things are changing. And so to hire somebody to just say, well, let's see how they do. You're, you've, you've set up a, what, I call, what they call the deterministic system, like playing chess. These are the rules of how you sell. This is the product. These are the price points. It's just a numbers game now. Go dial, dial for dollars. And my son is working at a logistics company that ships products, and that's, they've got like a call center of 150 people covering – the whole United States and they have territories and statistics and numbers and all kinds of things, recording people. And so they can hire new grads out of college that are smart, throw them in the call center and uh, see how they do. And it's pretty statistically accurate. So, because the the process isn't changing, the service doesn't change, it's shipping a product from A to B. So you can pretty much compare people and see how they're doing is the whole company based on selling no i mean there's there's logistics there's operations you got to actually move the product so you have to have good service so but it's a numbers game because the salesman there won't be able to say like well our operations suck so i had 10 customers and three of them quit because we couldn't deliver on time and we suck they're dealing with numbers like no you don't have 10 customers and Three of them left because you suck. You have, you have five thousand customers. And yeah, maybe, maybe twenty of them had a bad experience. But four thousand eight hundred of them had great experience. You know, so you want to keep serving the good ones, and you probably can't change a bad experience and just move on to the next customer because they're just a freaking number. And is that all we are in this life? Now I get, get philosophical. Philosophical. No, we're human beings. We're people, right? But we probably work at companies or work in teams that actually, what do they do? Sell stuff. So the sales process. So as I look towards an interview on Wednesday, um, yeah, I got to focus. I got to bring myself to it, be authentic. Um, and probably dumb it down, as my friend says. But I'm learning, like, what does that mean to dumb it down? Um, I don't know. Just stay, keep it simple, short answers. Don't try to be like, don't try to be like, bring every advanced idea I have. This one outstanding idea for this company. I don't know if it could work or not. But it's like a startup company, right? And I, I, I just, I'm not even working there. And I did some research on them. I'm thinking about the the industry, so to speak. It's a new one. And I'm like, oh, there's so many opportunities in this space. This is a great space. And I just, I I have this most awesomeness of ideas. And the end result, but I guess, oh, I'm thinking, wait, back, back off. My listener, my one listener, pioneers get shot settlers have success something like that so I'm kind of a pioneer so I got this idea and and it's probably a pioneered thought that's already been thought of before so to me it's a new thought and I think it's great but I'm also learning that okay I thinking about it but it's probably smarter people than I have probably already thought about it too. And so it gets down to implementation and execution. Like who can execute this idea? I can't execute it. Um, I see the potential of it. And I think it's a great idea. There's uh, downsizes and things. But, uh, you know, We'll see what happens. So I got cars coming across the street. Bud wants to walk across the street. And uh, here we are. So it's not, it's, it's August, did I say 18th? It's surprisingly comfortable now. So does that mean that we only have like, May? so that would be like May, June, uh, June, July, three months? of like crappy weather i mean it's still today's gonna be freaking hot and it's gonna be hot the next couple days but if we have a morning like this where i can walk bud and not be extremely sweaty it's a pretty good day it's a pretty good day man so those of you from minnesota or wisconsin and think like oh i could never live in arizona it's so hot oh man it doesn't cool off till halloween well you know it's not bad. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that bad out here. It's, it's uh again, most people, especially in their thirties or so, are like, "I don't care what the weather is. how there's weather everywhere? Everyone's got weather, snow, cold. you just what are you doing? What are you throwing your energy into? The weather doesn't matter. It's only us for us old geezers that... We get interested in weather and everything's so dang climate controlled and perfect. There's really, I mean, like, what do you have? Like, you may have 10 minutes of inconvenience a day. And so I'm going to move and complain about the weather because it impacts me for 10 minutes a day. You know, you may think of, like, well, it does impact you more than that. It impacts you 24 7 because you got to run the air conditioner. Right, 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 right. Negative thinking, man. Negative waves. So, Fixed mindset, growth mindset. So that came up in one of the top key keys to make a good salesperson is do you have a growth mindset? So, uh, unfortunately, I've been in an industry where it looks like there's no growth, but there is growth. So... Like, I always, you know, the example would be like, well, once you sell an engine to an airplane, it's sort of on there for 40 years. So the sale's been done. Now, later on, there's services that go along with that, maintenance. So there's growth there, and it's competitive. And you have competitors in that market. So when you have competitors, it's, you know, are you getting the full amount of the market? And... uh, what what percentage of the market it is. But I think for me, in this new opportunity on Wednesday, um, yeah, I just need to prepare myself as best as possible and be authentic, share my ideas. Um, probably not my pioneer idea, more of a settler's idea. Because I have a great pioneer idea. I and mean, pioneer idea means nobody's doing it right now. It should be explosive idea. And I think this company has the infrastructure, technical ability to pull it off. But maybe that's not their their strategy. I mean, it's a I have a pioneering idea, which means I'm going to get shot. <laughs> and I definitely would get shot cuz I have no back, no technical capability of backing. But that's what it is. So I'm not, I'm not, it's kind of interesting too, because I to talked to my wife about it. She gets it. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's, I get it sort of. But, and I, and I have the perfect business case analogy for it. And I'm not, I'm purposely not talking about it on the podcast because it's kind of weird. Maybe I will, once I find out whether I get the job or don't. And I could see myself working there. And if I get to pull it off, then I will share it on the podcast. I don't want to do it right now but for some reason, but uh, mostly because I want to test something out here. You probably are curious about what it is. And here's the thing. Here's what I shared with my wife, and that is I can tell you it. And then you'll be like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. And then you go a little deep. And, and the smart person, like the person listening to this or people listening to this, because really, if you're listening to this podcast, you're in the top quarter percentile of smart people in the world, right? Because this, this is some of the most raw, transparent sarcasm you can ever get in a podcast. So real life sarcasm <laughs> is that it? so so if i tell you this idea which i can explain in let's see how many words is it one two three four words all they have to do is give you four words and you'd be like oh okay i think i get that where that's going tell me more about that and then i, I could probably say A couple sentences and explain why this idea is fantastic. But on the other hand, you got big competitors in the space. But it's like the the, the proverbial game-changing idea. So when something, you know, someone may say, well, this is a game-changing idea. Again, I'm a pioneer. But then again, the people that are in the know probably have already thought about it. So, you know, it, it comes down to a couple things. And so I think I'll wait. I'm not going to say it today. I'm not going to talk about it because here's, here's what's going to happen. So either I'm going to go do this interview and there's going to be a fit and I'll get the job and then I'll find out more and then I'll get to real details behind it. I'll still keep this idea, this pioneering idea, to myself, and I'll look for an opportunity to present it at some point. But if I don't get the job, then I'm back to square one again. So for the listener, it's better if I don't get the job because I'll probably next weekend I will tell you what this idea is. If I do get the job or I'm still in the running for it, I'll probably keep it to myself again. So... (laughs) <laughs> and I don't have any I mean there is a flash like as soon as I mention these four words to you you'll be like, "Oh, can you do that? Could that happen? Is that for real? Can you do it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it can be done." So I don't know how exactly, but my idea could be done. And I think very easily, but there you go. So, uh what else? What else? The science. See, and this is a bit tricky too, because that's a, doesn't. how does that fit into the science of selling, right? And I suppose I'm thinking like, well, I have to sell myself. I have to sell what I'm um, good at and see if it's a match for this, what this company is looking for now. I think I know what they were looking for, and i got a couple of days to do continued research. But I'm basically being fed the marketing line. So they websites are typically marketing tools to build business, right? And since it's a startup-y type thing, the uh, they have competitors, and the competitors are... St- are staking out their strategies and so forth, and it doesn't look like they have a direct competitor, sort of speak. They sort of they have one that actually has kind of an interesting business model, which is different than this one. So, it's I, I can generate a few really good questions about how I see the competition playing out. So, and it comes, down, it comes down to who these owners are. They started the company. And they probably ran through all the, you know, Harvard Business, Stanford, market segmentation, SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Well, I'm all about the opportunities. And um, I don't know what their strengths are. I don't know what their weaknesses are. And I guess threat would just be another competitor coming up with a similar idea. And then you have those startup common, you know, language like, well, who's first to market, man? First to market with this idea. Well, uh, I guess in hindsight, some of these guys like started Google and things, Facebook, they were first to market. And they squeezed people out like Zuckerberg could have kept those two guys that were sort of involved, but he didn't like them. So you (laughs) can try he squeezed him out. So they made that movie, The Social Network. And uh, so is that, is that great? I mean, was is that how I would do things? No, I don't think I would do that. So is, does that Zuckerberg look like an asshole? Yeah, probably. He looks like an asshole. But then we're all assholes to some extent. So it's just a matter of how much of an asshole are we? But then yet now we, everybody, a lot of people use Facebook. I, I was about to say everybody uses Facebook. But Facebook's quite effective. People are running businesses off Facebook. Their whole freaking business is running off Facebook because it's, it's an efficient way of communicating. There's newspapers are gone, ads, um, all this connecting with people, connecting good ideas, connecting great services, connecting great value with people that are all over. Right? It used to be if you were the best, the best writing coach ever in the United States and you were sitting in Houston, Texas, that you were kind of stuck in Houston, you know? You could, you could uh, like how many writers are there in Houston? Probably more than I can think of. There's all these writing clubs and things, even in Phoenix. And so there was probably a little industry, but now with the internet, that boom, that explodes and now the person in Houston that's got a uh, skill at helping writers write books and going down the value chain value creation can now market books self-publish all this stuff all this technology stuff has changed along with the marketing and reach so that person who creates a business on it's a niche it's definitely a niche market right i mean Yeah, there's a lot of people that write books. There's some people talking about, like, well, uh, there's a high percentage of people that want to write a book. But then the the number that actually do it is small. So I want to write a book because I feel like I have a message. And I'm slowly getting to the point of, oh, well, the book is just a marketing tool. So we're back to marketing. So what am I selling? You know, what am I selling? A process. (laughs) I don't even know know if it's a process. So, you know, can you put a process on it? Probably a little bit. Yeah, I got a process. But it's, uh, the process has an outcome, I guess. So I guess I would say, I know what the outcome is of my process. And that's a very important outcome. And I'm going to, I guess I would say, this is a process. It's pretty close to a really good one. Now, do I put my foot down and say, this is the only process? And And you probably have to do that. You just have to go with it and just say, hey, guys, I got the process. Here it is. Even though the outcome is what we're all after, right? We all want the outcome of the process. So... But people are attracted when they hear something like, Oh, this is the process to do something. So like that I would talk a few weeks ago about the miracle morning, you know, that's a process. Get up and do this for sixty minutes. Do this, 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 and this sixty minutes process. People love it. There's a community, the guy sold million point five books plus. And he just bangs the drum on miracle morning. So good. Good for him. Abundance mentality. So that's been great. Love it. I have a process that has similar outcomes. And I guess did my... I think my writing coach said that. That uh, she worked with another writer who's probably 12 months ahead of me. Whatever. We probably started out... She probably started after me, but, but finished before me. Because I'm, I'm marinating. <laughs> Whatever. And I'm in my way, but it's just shit. I can't help it. This is who I am, man. Got to deal with who I am. Lord, be, be who I am. So what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, so her, out, her, her outcome of her people is a similar outcome that I have in a different way. So I know this writing coach is really smart. And so she identifies that. It's just when you put it in those terms Like well basically, you know, you're writing you wrote a book and you're sweating over it and you're trying to get it right and da-da-da-da-da. But really, after the end of the day, it's no different than this other thing, you know. And like most creative people don't want to hear that. They wanna like, they don't want to go like, oh, oh I get it. All this shit and all my stress about creating this great book is just gonna end up being the same place as someone else. And I guess I'm talking myself through this thing here, and that is because The process doesn't matter it's the outcome that matters so if the process is more like one book whether it's miracle morning or something else the outcomes are great that's what we're after is the outcomes so i guess i can frame it that way reframe it a new frame not a new old framework i'm just adapting to that framework so we made it home bud did you have a good walk Not too bad, not too hot, buddy. So a little longer podcast than probably needed to be, but I'm walking the dog, so I talk things out. And what do we say here? We have (coughs) talked for 43 minutes. So um, brain science and the science of selling. That is going to be the topic of this podcast, and I hope there was enough juice, information, encouragement to read the book, especially for you marketers, and the marketing of getting to the sales point. It's a, you know, it's almost like we'll market, 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 and then sales will just fall out of the sky. I'm not sure it works that way. So, all right, everybody, have a great day. And Um, Hopefully I'll be in in an awesome mood next time I do a podcast. Bye-bye.